Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Fan's Perspective, very first podcast. So I know you guys aren't too familiar with A Fan's Perspective, so let me tell you guys exactly what we're all about here. So A Fan's Perspective DC is a Washington sports blog where we give you game previews and daily news of the Washington Redskins, Washington Capitals, Washington Nationals, and the Washington Wizards. We'll even get into some D.C. United throughout the MLS season. We'll even talk about some Washington Valor down the road and some Washington Mystics as well. So the way a fan's perspective works is Monday morning, you have Monday morning weekend recap, which is just a recap from the weekend of the four major sports teams that I listed earlier. We just talk about the games that happen over the weekend, any kind of news and stuff like that. And then we have the Capitals game of the week, which we pick the game of the week based on if it's a rivalry. We also pick a game if there's a major milestone coming up. We also pick games based on a player versus player matchup. And then we also pick based on playoff implications. And then we do the same thing for the Wizards. The Wizards have been more about interesting matchups player versus player matchups as well. Um, we've also picked these games based off of players coming maybe to DC for the last time. We did Dirk a few weeks ago, which that was a good game. It was nice to see him back in DC. And we'll probably do it for Dwayne Wade when his last game with the Miami Heat is played here in DC. And then on Wednesdays, we do Curly W Wednesdays. So Curly W Wednesdays is basically just we're highlighting a um, Nationals player through spring training. Um, It's so far, it's been a player that's either new. So we've done Dozier. We've also picked some um, minor league guys that have been coming up through spring training that we're excited about. And then as the season gets closer, we'll do a podcast, basically just highlighting what we think is going to happen throughout the year, projections, who do you think the team's MVP is going to be and so on. So we'll, we'll get more to the nationals in about a week. Because we have opening day coming up very soon. So without a further ado, let's get down to it. And today we're going to start with the Washington Capitals. Okay, so every week we will be basically reviewing the Capitals game of the week from the week before. And if you check out a fan's perspective, if you've read the blog recently, you would have seen that last week's game of the week was the Tuesday night matchup against the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Capitals. That was a crazy game. It was absolutely crazy. It was great seeing two teams skating that fast, which I haven't seen all season. They, they were going all out. It was crazy. The Capitals had 41 shots on goal compared to the Pittsburgh's 30. 41 shots on goal. And they lost the game 5-3, to three, the Capitals did. It's just crazy. They couldn't win the faceoff, which that's been an issue all season. The, the whole faceoff issue is getting a little troubling for me with Pittsburgh winning over 50% and the Capitals just barely under 50%. And penalties has continued to be an issue. Very untimely penalties. Pittsburgh had four power play chances. Capitals only had two. Capitals did score in one of those two, but Pittsburgh did get two power play goals, so that basically made up the difference. And it was it was a physical game. There was a lot of hits. There was a combined 70 Six hits. 76 hits. It's always going to be tough when you got guys like Tom Wilson out there hitting around these Pittsburgh players. It's it's just, it's, 
it is fun to watch this game. I know how nerve-wracking it is to watch it, but it's just fun. I always get giddy when I see this matchup on the calendar because I just love watching it. I know maybe I'm feeling that way because we beat them in the playoffs last year, but I love watching this matchup. It is the greatest rivalry in all of sports right now. So let's go back to the game. So Jacob Verana, Jacob Verana started the scoring in this game. Jacob Verana is having a career year. He notched two goals to make it 21 goals on the season in this game, and he is looking unreal. He's having the kind of season that Kuznetsov had the year before, where Kuznetsov had a breakout season. Kuznetsov looked like he could take over for, say, when someone like Backstrom or someone decides to retire. That's the future. Kuznetsov and Verana are the future of this team after the likes of Ovechkin and Backstrom end up retiring, which I don't think it's coming anytime soon. I feel like Ovechkin's going to play until he's like 80, like Tom Brady's going to play in the NFL. He's just not going to stop. That guy is a monster. But Verona had the two goals. They're both even strength goals, and they both were they were just good goals. He was hitting Murray high. The first goal was top shelf right over glove side. Glove side Murray is what the team needs to get back to doing, just like last season. Last season in the playoffs, so many glove side goals. He cannot, he, he just can't save those high glove shots. So he scored on one of those. Last time was about to expire at the end of the first. And then he scored a sort of a freaky goal in the second period where he just bounced off his pad and over him into the goal. It was, it was a fluky goal, but it was a goal. I mean, you're going to take it. So that was 2-0. And then not two minutes after, Kuznetsov has another bad turnover which he has not looked like himself this season on the road at least he has he has had some really good home games but he does not look good on the road turned it over Jake Gensel scores and the floodgates were opened Jake Gensel scored and then maybe about a little under a minute after that Crosby scores and then they get a power play right after Crosby scores and then it turns into a Crosby power play goal so now all of a sudden you have a 2 nothing lead and it becomes a 3-2 deficit. I mean, that's the kind of thing that's been killing this team all year. Untimely penalties, bad turnovers in your defensive zone, and just not, Holpe just hasn't been getting help. There's been games where it looks like he is doing this all by himself. And I hate to say that, but he is doing so much all by himself. I mean, if he, if he could score goals, he, was, he would be doing it all by himself. And then later after that, Phil Kessel scores to make it 4-2 on a power play. So yeah, they had their two power play goals, one at the towards the end of the second, and then one about halfway through the third period. And then we get a power play. John Carlson scores power play. It is then 4-3, to three, and it looks like we could possibly come back. But the, pe- the Penguins were just out there. They were just blocking shots like crazy. They had 21 block shots. It seemed like every time we had a good offensive chance, the Penguins were blocking shots. They were just throwing their throwing their bodies around. And it was killer. It just, it was, it was killer. And then the empty net goal by McCann with about a minute left just sealed it. And that, that that's how the game went. Five to three. Physical game. Tom Wilson went off for roughing. But it was matching minors, so it it was okay. It was not the worst game ever. We had a lot of shots on goal. 
bad penalties. And we, we just didn't block enough shots. The Pittsburgh Penguins looked like they were in playoff mode with the way they were blocking shots. The Capitals just weren't, weren't quite there. So, not a great game. Always fun to watch. Love watching these guys play. Hate it when we don't come out on top. But, but overall, you can't get too bummed about it. Caps are still above in the Metro. Pittsburgh is down there, like teetering out of the bottom three spot in the Metro into the wild card. So anything can happen. The East, at least our side of the East, is crazy. The Atlantic side is absolutely ridiculous with how the Lightning have run away with it. So all we can hope is that Holpe can stay healthy. No serious injuries. Kuznetsov needs to get with it. His face-offs have been bad. His play on the road has been bad, which is the complete opposite of last playoff. We were the the road road guys. It was It's, it's crazy. It's crazy seeing this happen. But it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We're going to make the playoffs. Hopefully first in the Metro. I hope the Islanders don't squeak by us, even though I'm pretty sure pretty sure we'll be able to just barely get past the Islanders. We will have last game of the season, regular season, is against the Islanders. So that could determine the Metro. Which that, That'll be a massive game, but nevertheless, that was the game of the week. It's a shame how it ended, but let's move on to the Washington Redskins. So the Redskins were pretty busy last week. They didn't hesitate to go after their guy. They signed Landon Collins to that six-year, $84 million deal. Only $45 million of that is guaranteed, by the way. And he brings a lot of experience. And he's only been in the league for four years, so he's fairly young, which is big plus. That's a massive plus to a team that needs youth brought into the organization. He was an All-Pro in 2016. When he had 125 tackles, 4 sacks, 13 pass deflections, and 5 interceptions. And a touchdown. He returned with those interceptions for a touchdown. That's massive for a defensive player to produce points like that. So he's going to bring a lot to this team. He's another Alabama guy. So add him on to Deion Hamilton. You got Reuben Foster. You got Jonathan Allen. You got Deron Payne. You got all these Alabama guys on defense. And it's not important that they're just from Alabama. We could have a bunch of Clemson guys on defense or a bunch of Florida guys on defense. It's the fact that they have played together before. I'm sure they've talked together before. So they know each other. It's important to have guys that know how to work together like this. And see, that's been the issue with this team. As we've been getting guys and then trading them away or releasing them. I think Ryan Kerrigan is the longest tenured guy on defense. Josh Norman's been here for a while. A lot can argue he's been here too long, but I'm not even going to get into that. I think he just needs to play out his contract, and we'll see what happens. But Landon Collins, all these other Bama guys are here. So, I mean, I want to see what happens. And the Redskins signed Dominique Rogers-Cromartie. If you remember, Dominique Rogers-Cromartie retired during the season, came out of retirement. I'm sure Landon Collins had a lot to do with that because he played with him at the Giants. And the Redskins also re-signed Adrian Peterson. That was big. That was a big move. I was a little worried that he was going to sign somewhere, but we got AP locked up for two more years, which is big for Darius Geis because Geis had a similar injury what Peterson had, so Peterson can help him get back in it, and the team does not need to rush Geis back. I know everyone's excited. Everyone's basically already putting the gold jacket on Geis, saying he's going to be a Hall of Famer, he's going to be great for this team, bring Super Bowls, which that would be awesome. That would be great. 
but he's only had a few snaps in the preseason. He hasn't had a, played a real game in the NFL yet, so people need to pump the brakes. And we'll we'll see what happens with guys. And a few key Redskins did get released, which I, I expected. I expected Preston Smith to go. He got signed by the Packers. Ty Seki got signed by the Bills. You got Crowder going to the Jets. And, and we already said HaHa Clinton-Dix going to the Bears. Jameson Crowder... It's going to be hard to replace him. I know a lot of people are doing the same thing with Trey Quinn, what they're doing with guys, saying that Trey Quinn's going to be great coming in there. I know he had a touchdown against the Giants where he did the scarn. But, I mean, that, that's all he's done. He hasn't done much either. He's been hurt. So, slot guy's going to be hard to replace. We just don't have that many weapons on offense. Got some good running backs. Our offensive line should be good. I'd like to sign another lineman. I'd like to get a receiver in here, but a lot of the high profile free agency receivers are gone they're gone so we're gonna have to get someone via trade and a lot of people are linking trade rumors it's not i wouldn't even say trade rumors people are making up saying that aj green should come here because he worked with gruden or gruden has a history with the Bengals and so on which that's great aj AJ green's a good player but i like the idea of john ross more i know john ross He's been hurt his first season, so he didn't get a lot of playing time, or at all playing time. Basically, this past year was his rookie season. He needs to get into a new situation. He needs a new team to be around. He only had 21 receptions last year, but he had 210 yards. That's averaging 10 yards a reception, which that's pretty awesome. And he had seven reception touchdowns. That's seven touchdowns out of 21 receptions. I mean, come on. That, that's production. That's kind of production that we don't get from our receivers. Like at all. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't want to bash on our guys, but Doxson, if he doesn't show out this year, he should be gone. Richardson, if he can remain healthy. I mean, he had flashes of being good, but it, our offense just isn't put together that well. I'm, not, I'm worried about the offense. I'm not worried about our defense. If we can get maybe another corner out there, maybe draft another Bama guy. I mean, why not? Draft Bama away. Get all these Bama guys in there. Don't just assume they'll be great because they're Bama guys. Assume they'll be great because these Bama guys, they got to talk together. The guys coming through the draft, they got to talk to the NFL guys. I'm sure everyone talks about coming to the same team and playing together. So we'll see what happens there. I still wanted the um, Josh Rosen trade. We'll see if that ever happens. Apparently the Cardinals are on the fence about drafting Kyler Murray now. They're not committing to it. I feel like in a few weeks they're going to commit to it. I don't see why they wouldn't. Um, and the Giants are now in the trade talks about Rosen because they have more picks because they got picks for OBJ that he sent that they sent to Cleveland. So the Giants could get Rosen, which would be disappointing. Um, I feel like Rosen would have been a perfect fit here in Washington, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. It's not going to be the end of the world. So we'll see what happens. Okay, so. Coming up this week for the Redskins, um, it's more free agency news. I'm going to get more into the talks about Landon Collins. Talk about, do a little background of the story about the Sean Taylor jersey reveal. You'll see that on a Fans Perspective blog sometime this week. Maybe talk a little bit about DRC, him coming out of retirement. That's a big deal. And... Maybe some Adrian Peterson. I mean, who knows? I'm excited that AP came back. I know last week, if you want to go to my page last week, I highlighted its top 10 moments from the season last season. 
that's definitely something to look at. So check it out. Check out the blog about more Redskins stuff this week. And let's move on to the Washington Nationals. So the Nats had a pretty good week in spring training this past week. I know stats don't matter that much. It's just, it's, this is for the young guys. This is for the guys coming up from the minors that are going to get a chance to get on this 40-man roster. But let's just do a quick rundown of the games. Last Sunday, we played the Astros 1-6-4, lost to the Cardinals 3-2 on Monday. And then on Tuesday, it was a 5-3 game against the Astros. A guy that a lot of people don't know about, unless you've been to some Peanuts games or some of the minor games around here, Carter Keboom hit two home runs with a total of three RBIs against Verlander that Tuesday. He's a second baseman. He's very good. He was on an all-star team for the for the minor league system down there. So he's he's got a lot of potential. He's the number two prospect right now in this um, on this team. And he is the number 10th overall prospect in all of MLB. Out of all the teams, number 10. So he's got a lot of potential. I don't think he'll necessarily be needed right now at the second base position. I think the team is going to be fine with second base. But I, I, but I guess you never know. So Tuesday we beat the Astros 5 to 3, beat the Braves on Wednesday 8 to 4, beat the Twins on Thursday 10 to 4, beat the Mets on Friday 11 to 3, lost to the Cardinals 8 to 5, and then we beat the Mets on Sunday 10 to 5. And Strasburg's look good all spring training. Scherzer's look good. Haven't seen so much from Anibal Sanchez. He's the one I really want to see. He's the one I think is going to break out and be I think he's going to be really good this year. I know people are worried about his past stats. If you want to look more at his stats, go to a fan's perspective. I highlighted him on my Curly W Wednesday two weeks ago. Definitely something to look at. So I'm excited about him. Patrick Corbin, definitely going to be on this staff here. So um, here's what the starting lineup is going to look like to start the season. At least I believe. Scherzer's going to start off, no doubt. Strasburg, number two. Patrick Corbin, number three. Anibal Sanchez, number four. Number five. Uh, number five is tough. I'm not sure if it's going to be Joe Ross or Jeremy Hellickson. I think it's going to be Jerry Hellickson. I think he has more of an upside. So I think it's going to be that starting five to start the season. But but I, I, then again, we'll see. I mean, you don't, you don't know what's going to happen in spring training. Someone can arise and become great, show what they're going to do. But it's exciting. I'm really excited. I think this is the best year for the catcher position for us in a while with Jan Gomes and Kurt Suzuki. Two guys that are going to be solid, that they can rotate. We're not going to have to overuse either of them that much. So that'll be an awesome position. Infield should be good. Um, Rendon's going to stay hot. I, I, I think he's just going to take over. This team is his. He's going to take over. I'm interested to see what Ryan Zimmerman's role is going to be. I know he's at first base right now, but with his contract coming up, I don't want to see Ryan Zimmerman ever leave the Nats. If this could be his last season as a national, which I don't think it is, but if it could be, I think it's going to be one of his best seasons. I know he had a great season a few years ago, but Ryan Zimmerman should be good. Trey Turner's going to be Trey Turner. He's going to steal a ridiculous amount of bases. Hopefully Brian Dozier can show that he's back at his top form like he was a few years ago. He had a bit of an injury-ridden season this past season, but we'll see. And the outfield... Of course, the big talk in the outfield is Michael A. Taylor or Victor Robles in the middle, center field. I mean, uh, Robles is clearly, clearly, clearly the younger guy. 
I think as the season goes along, he's going to get more of an active role. I know Michael A. Taylor just got hurt recently. So that could just show that Robles will start opening day. It's going to be Juan Soto will take over where Harper was. Victor Robles in the center. And then Eaton on the other side. That's how it's going to go. It's it's going to be interesting to see how it works out. Once again, in about a week, I'm going to do my season preview for the Washington Nationals. Or I guess MVP is going to have the most wins pitching, most home runs. I'm going to do all of that. I'm going to have a podcast just specifically for the Nationals. A lot of special podcasts. The one I got going on here will be a weekly thing every Monday morning. But then we'll have special ones each week. So always tune in and see what's going to go on here. So let's go to my last segment. Last segment will be the Washington Wizards. So the Wizards game of the week here at a fan's perspective was the Friday night game against Charlotte. It was the game of the week for two reasons. Number one, the Wizards were a game and a half back, which they still are now because they lost. And then number two was I was actually at the game. This was my first Wizards game in about a year. I went to one of the games against the Pacers last year where they lost. And so this is my first game this year, which I got to see Beal play. I love seeing Bradley Beal play. Bradley Beal play in person is a treat. If anyone who hasn't seen him play in person that likes basketball, you need to see this guy play. Um, he played 45 minutes, which it, it, it just it felt like he, he played more. It felt like he played the full 48 minutes in the game. I, I don't believe that he was ever out of the game at all. Um, he is, he's going to be gassed. He's going to be exhausted when the season's over. Um, he deserves a break. He deserves a break now. I mean, this team's not going to make the playoffs. I think it's too much of a stretch. I wanted this team to make the playoffs. I would have thought that making the playoffs would help an all-star maybe come here during free agency. That Beal could help convince a guy to come. But you can't, you don't want to go to a team that, doesn't have enough talent to win something. These big-name free agents want to go somewhere to win. So this isn't an ideal place, and it's a shame that this is how it is. You would have thought that John Wall, Beal, and Otto Porter would have been just enough to get this team over the hump. But with Otto getting shipped away, John Wall's injury-proneness recently, it's it's been an issue. Um, so, so let's get into the stat line here for the Wizards. So Bobby Portis only had three points. He had a field goal and a free throw. It, it, it's just not good. It's either Bobby Porter or Jabril Parker's having a good game. That Neither of them seem to have a good game at the same time, other than their first game here as a wizard against the Bulls. But it's just not good. Trevor Ariza had, was good in spurts with his 10 points. Jeff Green had 20 points, which was, it was pretty good. Um, but what really killed this team was Thomas Sadoransky going out with a concussion early. He only played 16 minutes. And, I mean, he, he went down mid-second quarter. So he was he was out pretty early. You, not having your point guard there really killed the team. Jabril Parker had a good game, 17 points. Troy Brown Jr. had his 10 points. Um, and Thomas Bryant didn't score a basket until the fourth quarter. That is ridiculous. He played 19 minutes, was 3 for 4 from the field. His one miss was a three-point attempt, and he only had six points. I mean, he's someone that you need to produce on a nightly basis. He's a good player. He's a good young player, and and he, he needs to be put in a little more. I, I like him coming off the bench, but if someone like Bobby Portis is struggling, Thomas Bryant should be in there 
but hey, that, that's just me. That's just me saying that. Um, the other treat from this night was seeing a player like Tony Parker play. I have yet to see him play in person until this game. He was always one of my favorite players growing up. I love watching Tony Parker play when he was with the Spurs, with the Tim Duncan, Matt Ginobili. It was a blast watching him play while I was growing up. So it was great seeing him play. He played 15 minutes, 16 points. There was a time where it looked like the Wizards just couldn't guard him. It's amazing to say they couldn't guard a guy like Tony Parker who got shipped away from his team he was with his whole life. But he's got plenty in the tank, clearly. And Kemba Walker is always a treat to see in person. He's also one I haven't seen in person yet. So seeing him play in person was pretty cool. My first memory of Kemba was, of course, the Big East tournament. Just great. Great seeing him play in person. So, but yeah, little... Little late for the Wizards, their comeback attempt. Um, let's just go down a few of the team stats real quick. Um, the biggest stat that jumped out at me and watching was the turnovers. 17 turnovers. They had 17 turnovers, but to be fair, Charlotte only scored 10 points off those turnovers. So that so that's not bad. And the Wizards had 27 points off of their 12 turnovers. So it's it wasn't all bad. There was there was some technical technical fouls thrown out there. Two on the Wizards, one on Charlotte. Um, points in the paint. Charlotte had fifty six. The Wizards forty eight. Hence Thomas Bryant not being in the game. And it was it, it was it was sloppy, sloppy defensive play throughout the game. There was just long stretches where it just didn't look like we had a defense when we needed to get a basket at the end of the game. We just couldn't stop them. They would score, we'd get close, we got super close at one point in the third quarter, and then they stretched away for another double-digit lead, and then that just became too much. We finally lost by six, so I think the Wizards' season is over. I, I don't see them making the playoffs, like I've said before, and it's, it's just not looking good. Um, best thing to happen, get a high draft pick, get someone in the draft, maybe someone in free agency is going to want to come. Um, I know it's a stretch, people are going to be like, you're crazy, but... The whole Kevin Durant coming to D.C., D.C. guy and stuff. Maybe he wants to do what LeBron did, go home, win a championship for his home city and all that. So, possible. I mean, anything is possible. We could get anybody. So, it's, we'd just love to get John Wall back. But we've probably got to wait a year for that. It's another John Wall-less year next year. And he's always a treat to see play, but organization's in a tough place. I don't expect the playoff appearance maybe next year. Unless we get one of those big pieces. But Wizards are in a tough spot. Grunt, Ernie Grunfield needs to go. That's the biggest plus we can get from not making the playoffs. Is he'll be gone. He'll get shipped off to wherever he wants to go. And then that, that'll be the end. That'll be the end of the Grunfield. And Ted Leonsis is smart. I love him as an owner. So we'll see what happens with this team. Thank you guys so much for joining in to Fans Perspective's very first podcast. Um, we'll be having podcasts come out every Monday morning, along with my Monday morning weekend recaps of each team. Um, feel free to listen in while you're writing the work or whatever you're doing. You can find this on so many different platforms. The main place it will be posted is onto fansperspective.com, which you can find me on Facebook, Fans Perspective DC, or on Twitter at, at Fans Perspective DC. So many ways to find the website, many ways to find me. Message me if there's something you want to hear on here next week. Um, the other thing that's happening this week is we're going to be doing a March Madness podcast, which will be coming out either Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm also going to post my, my bracket onto the website, and then you can also challenge me on Yahoo Sports 
ESPN's Bracket Challenge or the March Madness Bracket Challenge app. So feel free, if you think your bracket's better than mine, feel free to check it out. Once again, we got Curly W Wednesday coming up this week, Wizards Capitals Game of the Week, and other news. So hope you're back next week. You guys have a good week, and you'll be hearing from me soon.